0: This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Stay tuned and visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org.
1: Good morning. It's good to be uh, here with you and alive this morning. I've been at youth camp all week, so I'm basically running on caffeine purely this morning. I have got about... 46 to 52 ounces of coffee surging through my veins right now. We got back last night, had a great time at camp. And um, this whole series that, and a lot of you are guests, so I'm going to kind of bring you up to speed, and, and some of our regular tenders and partners have missed here and there, so we're going to kind of recap where we started on the journey to get to this point today. It's been all about busyness, and our life's busy, and, and rearranging some. Things in our lives and last week at camp uh, we it was I was off the grid you hear him say he's going off the grid you know I was, it was like witness protection program we, we went up in the mountains in Virginia did you know there are still places that don't have cellular phone service For, I found a place Verizon did not work and uh, unless you stood just right and the wind blew the right way occasionally you would get one bar and that was your moment and you'd lose it, you know, and uh, like one, one afternoon, I was like, hello, Misha. Hi, Andy. Click. Oh, again. Hello, Misha. Hey, I can't hear you. Okay, click. You know, so we just gave up. Uh, no Internet. I didn't know that existed. I mean, I've been to a third world country where they were very fast at texting and had Internet. I was in Virginia. No Internet. <laughs> um, Facebook. A lot of you like to follow me on Facebook because you like to see what I eat. Because that's about basically how I update my statuses. And you're wondering, what did Andy eat all week? I ate some great camp food, like the be- some of the best camp food I've ever had in my life. Uh, but no Facebook. So we all went through withdrawals together at camp because we were unplugged. And life was very simple last week. Very simple. There was even an outhouse at the camp. I didn't use it. I used the real ones. But we went very simple. And over the past several weeks, Rick has taken us on a journey, and this journey has been one of inspecting our lives and the busyness that we've created in our lives or allowed to happen in, in our lives. And and if you're like me, probably through this series, you have found yourself at times um, having to evaluate your life and evaluate your priorities and maybe make some rearrangements. And some of us have had to make tough yet the best decisions in cutting things out of our lives and rearranging our priorities. So over the past several weeks, we've we've looked at um, a lot of different stuff having to do with this whole topic of being just too busy. And the first thing we looked at was Mary and Martha. Remember, um, Martha's busy cooking in the kitchen, and she is ticked off that Mary is not helping. And she's like, you know, Mary's a slacker, but Jesus said Mary has chosen the best thing. And so we looked at how um, sometimes... Some people can be Marthas and just busy, busy, and they forget what's most important in life is spending time with Jesus Christ. Uh, we, we talked about how um, if we make excuses for not stopping at the Feast of God, um, we're gonna, he will find someone else to enjoy his blessings. And are, basically, are you so busy that you're going to miss out on what God has for you? Uh, We looked at how well-meaning people who love Jesus begin to equate busyness in the church with their relationship with Jesus Christ. Busyness busyness in the church has nothing to do with my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We can all be busy. There's a lot of people busy in churches today who don't even know Jesus Christ. So we looked at that. We looked at um, that if I live my life in the power of the Holy Spirit, my life becomes very simple, no longer Am I depending on me? I'm depending on Him to take care of my needs there. Uh, We take a look at not investing our time and life in the stuff that gets left behind. One day life on earth will be over, and all these things we have here aren't going to matter when we step into eternity with God the Father. So we a lot of times find ourselves investing in things that really in the long run aren't going to matter. We looked at how um, our time is really God's time. Our time belongs to Him. So if you took a look at your calendar, would it look like that? Would it look like, God, your time belongs to God? Um, We took a look at and I like this. We took a look at the fact it's biblical, it's godly, it's it's biologically and physically healthy to have time to rest. And and some people struggle with taking some time off to rest, and you have to have that or you're going to run out of steam. We took a look at how contentment is freedom uh, that comes... When prosperity or poverty doesn't matter anymore. Are you content with where God has you and with what He's given you? And I'm convinced that there's many believers in churches today who are working themselves, they're working their you know, hands, fingers to the bone, working two or three jobs, not because they're just simply trying to meet their living expenses, but they want the bigger and the better. Gotta have a bigger house, gotta have the bigger boat, gotta have the better this. My kids have to have all of this, this and that, and missing out on what contentment brings to life. Um, we looked at taking a commit, commitment to a life of balance. Is your life out of whack, out of balance with um, your priorities? So up till now, we've been dealing with this topic of simplifying in our lives as individuals. And, and Rick, along with God's Word, has been meddling in some of our lives. And we've had to do some uh, checking and evaluating with ourselves. So now, what do we do as a church? Churches can, can become um, uber busy. Just If you Google churches on the Internet and pick one and go look at the web calendar, their church's web calendar, and just look at all the things they're doing, they are super, super busy. And, um, and I want us to become judgmental at next said Church because over the past little few months, I don't know if you've noticed, but our calendar is getting smaller and smaller at church. There was a time, though, that not long ago... And I said church had an overloaded calendar. Um, I went a year, year and a half ago. A church asked me to come speak to their church. I thought I was just coming to speak to the people that work with the children's ministry. And I got there, and it was basically all of, most of the adults in their church about the children's ministry in their church. And, and I said, I had a pad of paper, and they gave me permission to say whatever I felt like saying right? And, then, and plus, they don't pay my paycheck, so I could say whatever I wanted and then walk out and everything was good, at least for me. So I said, give me a list. What are you doing in your children's ministry? And I started writing down, and there was, it was a long list. On a, this is what they were doing on a weekly basis. And I looked at the, the small group of people, and I was amazed that they were accomplishing all of this. And I said, tell me, raise your hand if you are involved in doing this. And two ladies, Two ladies were doing it all, and so I said, what you two ladies need to do is decide what you do best and what you enjoy most, do that and get rid of the rest. That's what you need to do, because you're too busy, and it's not about busyness, and churches can get super busy. My life has been super busy at times, and too busy, and there have been times there hasn't been much margin in my life. Sometimes I make the, the big mistake of scheduling my week out to the T, to the minute, and then something happens, and it blows the whole schedule out of whack. Why? There's no margin in my life. And and so um, we can get too busy. And if, if you're like me, I don't know about you, but when I get too busy, I get tired, I get stressed, I get cranky, and I get mean. I don't like mean Andy. I like happy Andy. And I like caffeine Andy, too. Um, but you can get so busy that that it just really messes with your life in the same way with with the church, you know, as parents, we may have to say no to some of the activities or, and some of you might faint when I say this, some of the sports, extracurricular activities that our kids are involved in, we might have to come to a point where we say no. Could you imagine, if your parent just, we're going to go to a very peaceful place right now, could you imagine a two-month stretch where when you came home from work, you sat down at the table with your family for dinner? And then when you got up from the table, you helped little Timmy with his homework. And then you all sat back down together and played a game together. And everything was peaceful. And then you went to bed, and you got up the next day well-rested. Could you imagine that? Instead of, how am I going to get home from work, feed them, get him to ball practice, her to to dance class, and and try to work it all out, and then do homework? How am I going to do it all? Yet we're, we're dumb. We just try it anyways. Even though we're asking, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And we do it anyways. You might have to say, no. You know what? We're not going to do that. Could you imagine that? It's possible. It's possible. My, my kids are still small, but I know I've got one who I'm hoping he goes pro. Because <laughs> I'm going to be old and someone's going to have to pay my bills and take care of me. I mean, I think he's got the potential. Even as a three-year-old, I see it. But I've got to hold back. I don't want to push him too much, you know. He is watching all the Olympics very faithfully. And he's into the swimming watching, which is amazing. And, but I might have to say no to him and say, you know what? No, you know what? We're going to take time off this fall. You, you guys, you three, we're not doing anything but enjoying being a family. Wow. That's countercultural. We don't do that in America. But we get so busy. And so parents, we might have to actually do that. And it's possible. It just depends on how bad you want to simplify. Just like the family that has to maybe make some important decisions like that, our church has has to make decisions like that as well. And our elders sat down several months ago, and we started listing all of Nags Head Church's activities, events, outreaches, everything. And the list was huge. It was on a dry erase board, and we had this big list. And some of our partners were being stretched way too thin. We were taking families who were already busy and just dumping more busyness onto their already busy schedules. We were doing so many things that we weren't healthy as a church. We were focusing on too many things and not excelling in any of them. And so we had to look at... What needed to be cut out, just like a family's going to have to do with their schedule at times, and figure out what we just have to say no to. And we decided as elders, where does our focus need to be? And we pared it down. And we worked on that together. And this morning, uh, your pastors will be asking you, Nags Head Church, to commit to some things. And you might think, wait, you talked about paring down, now you're asking me to commit. It'll all make sense. We're not asking you to commit to. A huge whiteboard full of lists of things to do. We're asking you to commit to three things. Just three. And uh, that's what we're going to do this morning is ask you to commit to the big three. Now, Pastor Steve's coming forward, and he's going to share a little bit with you. Clap for Pastor Steve. He's a wonderful man.
2: Thank you. <clears throat>
3: This morning, it is great to see Marilyn Dolly here. Um, Marilyn, next to my mother and my wife, she's my biggest encourager. She prays for me. She supports me. We've been through tough times together. It is great to have her here this morning. <clears throat> um, I'm going to be um, speaking this morning on why Sunday worship is important. Um, we're going to be looking at loving God and how that we can love God personally, and um, what's What's interesting about this, when we talk about Sunday worship, we're talking about partners and um, attenders being faithful to Nags Head Church. And, um, and that's you, a lot of you are guests and, um, and are here um, visiting on vacation, and, you're, and you come to church, I commend you for that. And also, you need to make a commitment to your home church, um, back home where you're from. Um, and so, all of you here today, you passed the test. You're here. You get an A+. Plus. So this is like preaching to the choir, because y'all are already here. Um, you know how important Sunday worship is. What we're asking is that you make a commitment to being here on Sunday morning. So I thought this morning that we would look at um, how that we can prepare to worship God on Sunday. Um, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven is a great commandment. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So that's everything physically, mentally, and spiritually within me. My whole being is focused on him. <clears throat> Enoch was an Old Testament guy, a contemporary with Noah and some of those guys, and, um, and said that Enoch walked with God and that Enoch was pleasing to God. Um, that's the type of walk that we need to have every day, as one that is pleasing um, to God. <clears throat> Worship is the setting aside of myself And totally focusing on God. John the Baptist said, He must increase, I must decrease. Paul said, Not I, but Christ. And Jesus himself went on to say, If any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. And when I say, take up his cross daily, you know. I'm saying that our worship starts on Monday morning, on Tuesday morning, on Wednesday morning. Um, Some call it a quiet time or devotions or personal worship time. It's basically Bible reading and prayer. Bible reading, of course, is God speaking to us through his word. Prayer is our expressing ourselves back to God. In the uh, kiosk, we have a um, daily Bible reading schedule for this month. So all of us will be reading the same verses. Um, Bernie put this together for us, and he's, he's focusing this month on prayer. And so as you read the Bible, you'll be reading verses about prayer and how that we can um, learn and see how important prayer is um, in our lives as well. So I want to encourage you to pick up one of those um, before you leave. <clears throat> you know, when we do a quiet time, a lot of times... Um, it, it can be it kinda of get in a rut, you know, you kinda of do the same thing over and again. And so what I like to do is take um take a prayer walk. Like walk down my street and pray for my neighbors or pray for the country. Um also sometimes um I'll just sit and pray sing praise songs, you know, and um and it's a good thing that I do this by myself. <laughs> uh, and also, you know, there's um some verses that will take and um lift me up towards worship and, and turn my attitude, and my heart towards worship. And one of those Is Psalm 90, verse one and two, and um, I'm going to have you guys. This is more like a um, a prayer, Um, and I'm going to have you just close your eyes and think about um, this verse. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting you are God. When I think about that verse, it points me towards worship when I think about God and and all that he's done, all he has created, all that he has um, done for us. Um, Our personal worship prepares us for our corporate worship on Sunday. You know, um, many of us here have been born again. You know, we've been saved. We know Jesus as our Savior. Um, This gives us a personal relationship with God. we, uh, he, he saves us, uh, he seals us, he uh, gives us a spiritual gift, so I have this personal relationship with him. This also gives me a corporate relationship with the body of Christ, and that's with you. <clears throat> our personal relationship with God is important every day, and our, certain, our Sunday worship with you is important to maintain a healthy and a balanced life. <clears throat> Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, um, we're going to read that together, and that says, And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. <clears throat> the key word here is together. Together. When we gather on Sundays, you know, this gives us an opportunity to stimulate one another, to encourage one another. Um, We stimulate each other to love and good deeds, like the Scripture says. Um, And and we do that by using our gifts to serve one another. Um, The cleaning team, they come here, usually like on Saturday or weeknight, and we don't even see them, but we see the results of what they do when when we come and we have a nice-looking building. Um, The hospitality team, they get here early on Sunday mornings, and they make us coffee and bagels and and make us feel at home when we come here to worship. And the nursery team, they're in the nursery taking care of your kids and loving on your kids so you can be in here and and, uh, enjoy the uh, time of worship. We use our gifts to serve each other. All these gifts and ministries work together to encourage us to draw together in worship. So don't miss Sunday worship, but encourage one another because Jesus is coming soon. And so, you know, when you look at the how the Middle East is inflamed, how Israel's being threatened, um, information is on the rise, and, you know, just, just so many things point to the fact that Jesus could return real soon. And, you know, we hope, and that, that should be our prayer, that um, he returns in our lifetime. Um, worshiping together is cri- critically important to the balance and health of us as individuals and as a church body. That's why we want to ask you to make a commitment to be here on Sunday mornings. <clears throat> During the week, Monday through Saturday, this is how we look before God when we worship God. We're, we're fresh and we're bright and, and we're colorful. We um, look good. We smell good. <clears throat> when we come together on Sunday, this is how we look all together, like this bouquet. Different shapes and different styles, different colors. Um, you know, we have, when I look out at you, I see different um, gifts, gifts. I see different uh, ways that you encourage me and others um, and different personalities used by the Holy Spirit to um, uh, worship and encourage each other as we come together. So, with all that said, I'll see you next Sunday.
0: Here at Nags Church, we believe that Sunday mornings when we gather together and worship together as a body, that that is an, um, one of the most important things that we can do as Christians is worship together and serve together. And that's what Sunday morning is all about. One of the things we have around here at Next Head Church is we think it's a sin to bore people at church because if people come in here and they're bored, they won't come back. And Sunday morning is important. Worshiping together, loving God together, That's what we're asking. That's the first commitment. The second thing that uh, we believe at Nags Head Church that is vitally important, and that is serving others in a regular ministry. And that's the second commitment we're asking our folks to commit to, is serving one another in a regular ministry. Um, If anybody has a computer, most people I think today have computers or cell phones or a Game count, counts consoles that you play video games on or pretty much just about any electronics that you have has uh, one component in there that is very important. It's called memory. And if your computer doesn't have enough memory, you've seen it crash. If you know anything about computers and you're trying to do something on there and all of a sudden it just freezes up and it doesn't do anything, it's probably because you don't have enough memory or something's wrong with the memory. And that, that memory in those computers is vitally important to make it uh, work. Because if you don't have enough memory, your computer crashes, or it's just slow. So sometimes you've got to add memory to it. You know, if you talk to a computer geek, they'll tell you, oh, you don't have enough memory, you've got to add some to it, and that'll make it work a little bit better. What's really neat is there's a company that, um, uh, probably one of the most reliable companies that make and sell computer memory is called Crucial. And they pick their name because your memory in your computer is crucial, because if it's bad or if you don't have enough, it doesn't work. So that's the word I picked this morning. Serving others is crucial to our church. It's important. Um, Nags Head Church will only be as effective and successful as a church as the people that serve one another in that church. Having a full-time ministry or or a ministry that is yours in the church is vitally important to our church. You can't read through the New Testament. You can't make the argument... After reading through any part of the New Testament, that we shouldn't have a ministry in, that, in, in your local church, whether it's here or somewhere else. It's so important that Paul wrote just about in all of his letters about serving one another, loving one another, using our spiritual gifts to serve one another, like Steve mentioned earlier. Romans 12, 9, and 10 says, Your love must be real. Paul wrote, Hate what is evil. And hold on to what is good. Love each other like brothers and sisters. Give, give each other more honor than you want for yourselves. Paul gives the picture of our relationship with one another is brothers and sisters. That's how we love one another, by serving each other. In this series that we've been going through that Angie talked about, um, he recapped through that whole, the whole series and, and the points that we looked at, And in this series, and Andy already mentioned it also, that we've come to realize that sometimes we have to cut things out of our lives. Some things may not be quite as important as we thought they were. If I'm going to make a commitment to love other people and to um, finding what ministry God has for me, then it's going to take some of my time. And you're saying, I know what you're thinking already. You're thinking, whoa, that's a contradiction. You're telling me that we shouldn't be busy that we need to cut some things out. And here you're asking me, Tom, to add something to my schedule, a ministry. But that's what ministry is all about. It's about serving other people, about giving up something that I have, a hobby, some free time to serve other people. And that's what's important. Serving, Serving other people is also crucial for me. A lot of times you see people that are trying to fill holes in their life with activities or work or other relationships. You know, people have a lot of hobbies, and there's nothing wrong with hobbies. Hobbies are good. But a lot of people will take those things and try to fill a hole and say, this is who I am, this is my purpose, you know. I love to hunt, I love to fish, I love to shop, I love to play, I love to surf. That's who I am. That's what makes up the person that I am. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. It's not what we were created to do. And we were created to serve God, to love God, and to love others. Now, there are a lot of things that I can be. I can be a father. I have four daughters and some grandkids. I'm a husband. I have a wife. I have a job. I work for people. I own a business. All of these things are good, but that's not what I was put on this earth to do. Those are choices that I make. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things He planned for us long ago. God had a plan for you and I, and that was to serve other people, to love God and to love people. That's how we love others is by serving them. So the second commitment we ask you to do is Figure out where it is God wants you to serve Him, because there is some place. that's why you were created, it says, to serve God. God had a plan for us long before we were born. That plan, that purpose, is to serve Him and to love other peoples somewhere. We do that by finding what ministry it is that God has gifted us in. Steve talked about our spiritual gifts. When we come together as a church, we use those spiritual gifts to serve one another. But again, it takes a little bit of time. So we have to evaluate ourselves. What, do I, what am I doing maybe that's not quite as necessary or important as serving other people and loving other people? So that's the second commitment we're asking you to make this morning.
2: So, this morning, we've talked about a couple of things of this big three. First, we've said that we want everyone uh, to commit to the priority of worshiping uh, corporately together as a group. We've said that we want everyone to make it a priority to find a ministry, and now we also want you to... Um, The third thing we want is for everyone to do is to be an active part of a Nags Head Church connections group. So in your outline, point number three, connect with others in an NHC small group. Connect with others. Our groups here at Nags Head Church are our DNA. They are how we do things. They are how we function as a church. It's through our groups that we connect with each other. It's through our groups that we connect with our friends and neighbors and and our community. And it's how we connect with God. It's how we take care of each other. It's how we handle personal crises. Uh, It's how we handle emergencies. Uh, When someone's sick, it's their connection group that jumps in and takes care of that family. So that's how we do life here at Nags Church, through our groups. So as we consider then... How being in a group fits our lifestyle, fits how a Christian should live. Um, Let's consider this. Let's consider these words from Jesus uh, that he wrote and that were written in John chapter 10, verse 10. They're going to be up on the screen. I want you to read those with me, and then we're going to talk about them. John 10, verse 10. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. More and better life. What does Jesus mean when he says that, that, we can have a, that he came so we can have a better life than we ever dreamed of? <clears throat> I mean, I think we all get the part about having eternal life in heaven and all that. But what did he mean when he said, I want you to have a better life than you think you can have? Another translation uh, that, I, that I read says, I came that you would have abundant life. A- and still another says, I came that you would have life and have it to the full. So how do we do that? What did he mean? What, what is he talking about there? Um, I heard someone say recently, uh, in fact, this morning earlier, here at Next Church, we don't want something from you. We want something for you. So when, when I say we want you to be involved in a, in a small group, it's for you. You will get something from it. If you've been around Nags Head Church for very long, you've probably heard someone say from the stage here, we are a church of small groups, not a church with small groups. We don't just tag them on and say, oh, and by the way, You might like, might enjoy a small group or something like that. It's how it's integral to everything that we do. Perhaps you've heard this this story story of a man, and he always wanted to go on a cruise, but he could never afford it. He heard and read about those wonderful cruises down in the Caribbean, he just wasn't, wasn't ever able to, but um. A group of his friends um, put together a package deal that offered a big discount and he saved and he saved and he finally had enough for the ticket and he went on this five-day cruise. During that cruise on the fifth day as they were returning to port, some of his friends came to him and they said, you know, this has been a wonderful cruise. We've had a great time, Uh, just everything, just marvelous, but some of the best times were at the meals where these great buffets were laid out with crab and lobster and shrimp and fillets and steaks and roast and all that thing. And you know what we noticed? We never saw you there. What's up with that? What's the deal? He was kind of embarrassed, but he said, You know, I used all my money to buy the ticket." I couldn't afford the meals, so I bought beans and sardines and crackers in my suitcase, and when it was mealtime, I went to my room and ate alone. And his friends, oh, no, oh, no, you didn't know. How sad. Didn't you know the price, the, the, the meals were all included in the price of the ticket? It was all available to you. All you had to do was show up and go. You missed out on so much. Well, we don't want you to miss out on what God has for you. You know, the best things in life really aren't things at all, are they? They are the best things in life are the love that we can find through our Savior and in the relationships with his kids, his children here. Those are the best things. Those are the most important things. People will last. Things will not last forever. His people, his family, and that, my friends, that's where small groups come in. Back, back to your outline. By being an active part of a NHC connection group, several things, good things happen for you. First of all, I grow in my faith or transform from the person I was to the person that God designed me to be. It's a process. It doesn't happen immediately. It's a gradual thing. But as you interact, as you study God's word, as you interact with his people and you share life experiences, you begin to transform into the person that God designed you to be. As part of that, I am learning from God's Word. And you know what? We learn best in a group environment. And we learn best from each other. Each of our small groups, there's some Bible study. And, and then we take that Bible study and we say, you know, what does this Scripture here, what does this piece, verse look like to me in my life? How does that show up in my life? And so in our groups I learn to apply what I learn in my life. And also I learn life application lessons from the life experiences of my other group members. In addition, my group provides guardrails. Guardrails which helps me to stay out of danger zones. You ever go bowling? You know, sometimes in the bowling alley, particularly if kids have been around, they have these bumpers in the uh, gutters. They kind of blow them up, and and so the ball doesn't go in the gutter if it doesn't go. You know, once in a while the elders will go, and all five of us will go and and have a bowling night, maybe once or twice a year. Pastor Andy likes to bowl with the guardrails in, the bumper bump. But my group provides guardrails. Those guardrails help us stay out of danger zones. Folks, having a group of people who care about you and that you care about is a huge help to staying within safe zones in your life. You know, if I, love, if I know you well and I love you enough and I see, Sam, that you're kind of going over here... And, and we're in a group that meets every week. I say, hey, Sam, you might want to take a look at this. That's, that's a great benefit of being in a, in a small group. In addition, I get encouragement from people that I care about and from people that care about me. And lastly, my friends and my neighbors that I can share my faith with connect best in a small group environment. Sometimes people may be a little intimidated to come and show up here in a a, uh, a church full of two or 300 people. But they may be a little more receptive to, hey, why don't you stop by as a group of 8 or 10 of us that we meet once a week and we really have a good time and we talk about what's happening in our life. Maybe more more, uh, receptive to that. To wrap up, let me just share from my own life the people that I trust the most. Or people that I've been in small groups with over the years. And, I, and I'll confess my life is not as simple as it needs to be. And I'm working on that. But I will tell you my life is more abundant than I really ever did dream it could be. And it's simply because of, because some many years ago I made a commitment to God to do what he told me to do. To giving him my time. Uh, giving him all my resources, giving him my marriage, my wife, my, my kids, my business, my stuff, my finances, and making time to do what God wanted me to do. And sometimes I don't think I have the time, uh, but when, when I see that, I, I take a look inward and say, Bernie, you're doing something that God doesn't want you to do. Cut that out. Don't cut out your small group. Don't cut out your ministry. Don't cut out your, your time of worship. Being a part of a small group takes a couple hours a week, but the friendships you develop, the growth that you experience, the impact of the lessons that you learn, and you learn them from your other group members, by far have the potential to make it the best time of the week. And I sincerely hope that uh, each of you will become involved. Our partners here at Nagshead Church, if you're from somewhere else, I encourage you to get involved with a group of people of like mind, that study. Thank you.
1: So on the uh, platform behind me here, we have three banners. Um, Behind me is love God, love others, reach the world. Are you going to make that commitment our pastors shared? Three things that we're asking our partners to commit to here at Naxhead Head Church this morning. Are you willing to make that commitment? There's not a huge list of things. Remember, I talked about the huge list of things that we had. It's three things. And there are three things that every one of us should be doing as believers. And some of you are guests from other churches, and you know, uh, probably back at your home, if you don't have connection groups or small groups, you might have Sunday school. You can make that commitment at at your church, to be involved in a Sunday school, a small group Bible study at your church, and be committed to being there, and, and uh, make these same commitments. Be committed to serving. Are you willing to make that commitment? The last time I preached in big church at Nags Head Church was with Pastor Tom. We did a two-week series on ministry, and, and the message I brought was about serving as a team. We're a team together. We're moving in unity. That's what a team does, moves in unity towards the goal. And uh, this is our goal. Love God, love others, reach the world, and in doing so because we are doing the three things that our pastors shared with us this morning. Love God with everything you've got. Loving God through worship corporately when we get together here every week. Loving God through worship when you're at home alone spending time with Him during the week. Pastor Steve made a reference to a verse when he taught from Matthew 16:24. That was our theme verse at camp this past week. Which is, um, Jesus said to his disciples, which it's interesting, and it just finally clicked in my head. I've grown up in church, and I've seen that verse, um, I don't know how many times, Jesus said to his disciples, his disciples, if you want to be my followers, wait, I thought they were his followers, they're his disciples, he's saying there's more to it. If you're going to follow, it's not going to be easy. You have to give up your selfish ways. I'm selfish, naturally. That's not easy. To not look out for number one. Give up your selfish ways. Take up your cross. That's not an easy thing to do. Follow Jesus is not an easy thing to do because look where the way Jesus lived his life. Look where that took him. So if you're watching the smiling guy with nice hair on TV that says life as a Christian is wonderful all the time and just blessed. Let me tell you, it's not always like that. It's hard. And that's what commitment's about. Am I committed to do sometimes the tough things in life? Loving others. Tom shared about serving others, how it's crucial. Will you commit to loving others and serving others in your church? Bernie just shared how vital it is to be in a connection group, connected with others in a small group. Connection groups, to me, I kind of think of that as kind of like the the astronaut you see off, you know, on TV. You can't see him with the naked eye. I figured that out. I tried. Um, Off in space, and he is tethered doing the spacewalk, and he's tethered with a line to the ship. I don't want to be the astronaut without the line. I want that there, and that's what a small group is. It keeps you connected with your church. I want to be connected. So, again, we'll have to have priorities, get our priorities right in life to make this happen. Now, Misha and I are busy just like everyone else, and I know some people don't still don't understand. What do you, I have youth in the youth group go, hey, Andy, what do you do? Where do you work? Uh, here. Um, oh, so just Sunday night. You know, it's kind of like Rick. He only works on Sunday mornings. And so what do you do? I have a busy life. I work. I've got three kids to help take care of. Um, I have to help around the house, do my fair share. Misha is raising twin three-year-olds with, with, along with me, and that's a lot of work homeschooling an eight-year-old, and that's a lot of work. Plus, she does some bookkeeping for some businesses on the side. So she, she's a busy person. So when you say, I'm too busy to be in a connection group, I'm too busy to do these things, it's kind of like, you know, I've grown up in church, and, and my dad was a pastor, and what people don't realize is we start to see through the excuses and the smoke screens. So when the excuse is given, we really know what's going on. I heard someone once told me, they told me this. They said, Andy, in life you do what you want. Everything else is an excuse. And a lot of times, that's the, that's the case. And um, so when I talk to people about being a connection group, and they go, I'm just too busy, or I have children. I have children. I'm busy. My favorite is, oh, I have a job. So do I. <laughs> I have to sleep, so do I. We come up with excuses. And um, instead of looking for a way to make it work, here's how Misha and I make it work, which looks different for everybody, every family. I would love to be in a connection group with my wife together, but it's just not, that's not going to work for us right now. So on Monday evenings, Misha goes off to her connection group with her ladies and they do whatever happens. I don't even want to know, right? I don't want to be there. I don't want to know. I do like when some of the leftovers make it back home because they eat good. I've seen the pictures. Um, she goes, I stay home. I feed the kids. I wash the kids. And if you've seen my daughter's hair, you know, that's hard work. It's just hard. I put them in pajamas. I read to them. I get them in bed. That's, what I, that's my Monday night. Why? So Misha can go to Connection Group. Misha takes care of the kids Thursday so I can go to my Connection Group. That's how we make it work. You can make it work if it's important to you, if it's what matters to you. So this morning, your pastors are asking you to make this commitment, Nags Head Church. Will you do this? Because here's what's going to happen. As we worship personally and corporately as a church together, church not the building, church is the people. As we do that, others are going to see Jesus Christ alive in our lives. And it's going to, if we're loving God in that way, we're going to reach the world. Because they're going to see that. They're going to see the love we have for our God. And it's going to make a difference in the lives of those around us. And they're going to know, want to know, what do you have? And so in the process, we'll reach the world. When we're obedient to God, because I believe if you're not serving in your church, you are not obedient to God according to His Word. And so when we're obedient to God and we do what He created us for and we serve in the church, not the building, serving each other, others take notice of that love we have for each other. And as they take notice of that, we're reaching the world because they're going to see the difference. And next Head Church, the world starts here on the Outer Banks for us, and then it goes from there. When we connect with each other in a connection group, and people see that love. In the process, people will take notice. When they hear about somebody in your group that's had a a surgery and how it wasn't the pastor that showed up at the hospital, because a lot of times we don't even know about it. It wasn't the pastor that showed up. It wasn't the the pastor's family that showed up with the meal, but it was people from the small group that were there taking care of you. People outside take notice of that. So in the process of loving others, you're going to reach the world. And that's what we're here for, Nags Head Church. And so today, will you commit to those three things that our pastors just talked about? Worshiping God, loving Him with everything you got, serving each other, being in a connection group together. That's loving others. Because in the process of doing those things, we're going to reach the world. Are you committed to that, Nags Head Church? Whether you're a partner or a regular attender, will you commit today? I just came back from youth camp, and, and a lot of times, youth are a lot easier to talk to because you can tell them how the cow ate the cabbage, and they're okay with it. They're not going to get offended, and you just hurt my feelings. You just tell them, and they're like, okay. you know, They either fix it or they don't, but they'll, they'll take it easier a lot of times than adults. I want to challenge us to make this commitment this morning. And so I'm going to ask you to stand if you're willing to make that commitment. And if you're not willing to make the commitment, just stay seated. Don't worry. Nobody's judging you. Nobody's going to think anything about I wonder why he or she didn't stand. If you're from another church, these are three things you can commit to back home. And if you're on vacation and you commit to these three things and you go back home, your pastor is going to love the fact that you went on vacation. He's going to love it. So this morning, if you're willing to make the commitment to these three things, would you stand with me and with your pastors? And I'm going to close this in prayer. Well, and then we're going to sing. Father God... I thank you so much that uh, you've given us this church and the churches that are represented here from our guests. And, God, that you've given us a place to um, worship you together, Father. How terrible it would be to be a a believer and not connected with a church, just kind of out there floating around by ourselves without that family, God, that you've given us. Thank you that you've given us gifts um, and you've shaped our lives, God, to serve you in some way, in our church. God, I thank you that we have opportunities to get together with other believers. God, yes, the Bible study, but more importantly, to fellowship with each other and to love each other and take care of each other. And God, I thank you that we can do those things here at Nags Head Church and in the process, at the same time, reach our world. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.
0: This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org.